Well, happy Sunday, everyone. There has been so many cool things happening in and around, and lots of challenges, but lots of God breakthroughs. Um, there's been lots of sicknesses, but lots of healings. And I've just been so encouraged by how this church has responded even to these crazy faith messages where, where God is moving in powerful ways. And we as a church, we're coming on fire. We're, get, we're coming back to life and going, hey, I got faith for that. Hey, I've got faith for that situation. Hey, I've got faith for that sickness that's going to be healed. I've got faith for the things that are going on in my own life. I've got things that are go- for the things that are going on in other people's lives. We've got faith. And our faith has been so... I feel like the faith of this church has ballooned to the point where it's just pushing the roof off. You know, as that song says, tear the roof off, right? And, uh, but as all things have to come to an end at some point, this is going to be our final week of crazy faith messages. But the good news is you can listen to all 16 weeks of them forever online. So, <laughs> but, uh, but don't think for a minute that we're going to stop having crazy faith in this place. This, this is meant to be something that's going to build into us so that we've come to a new level of faith in Jesus, a new level of what he can do in and through us, and that's going to launch us into whatever the next thing is that he's asking us to grab a hold of. So take all of the crazy faith stuff we've been talking about and keep applying it to our lives. No, it's not just about accumulating the knowledge of what crazy faith is, um, but it's you know, when we learn how to apply that stuff to our lives, that's when it actually becomes wisdom. When we learn how to apply the knowledge to ourselves, it's like all of us have smartphones in our pockets now. We've got more knowledge than we know what to do with, but most of us never figure out how to apply that to our lives. And that's the key difference. So if we can continue to keep applying these things to our lives day in and day out, it's only going to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, staying in obedience to God's word. (laughs) But this final message is titled, Saving Faith. Saving Faith. And as you're going to see, saving faith is really what it's all about. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you are moving in this place. I thank you that even right now, you are doing a work in our hearts. So Jesus, as we get into your word, as we look at what you've said over these years... (laughs) I just pray, God, that you'd bring something fresh to each one of us and that we would have the softness of heart to be obedient to your guiding, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray that you'd bless your word as it goes out. May it not return void, Jesus. In your name, amen. So there's really only two ways that we can attain wisdom in life. One way is that we're going to learn by going through the crap. Right? We got to go through the situations to gain that wisdom. But I prefer the method, too, where we learn from someone else who's already had to sift through all that stuff and go, oh, that's where I don't step. Or, oh, that's what I don't do in those situations. I can, we can glean wisdom off of other people who've gone before us. And really, when we're getting into the word, that's what we're doing. We're gleaning wisdom from people who've gone before us so that we can learn and apply it to our lives so we don't have to face all of the same things they've faced in their lives. So let's get ready to learn from someone else who's lived through a little bit of crazy. And we're going to be basing today's message of a spawn scripture that normally gets reserved for Christmas time, even though it's not quite Christmas yet. <laughs> it's not even Halloween yet. 
But uh, it's so essential to our faith, um, this part of the Bible. Um, and this is the story of Jesus' birth. And more specifically, Mary and Joseph's crazy faith journey. So Jesus was born into the craziest of situations you could think of. And we're going to jump right into in Matthew 1.18. I'm reading from the NLT version here. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. That, like, that's unheard of stuff. So when we're talking about crazy things, it's things that just don't make sense. But you have faith for it anyways. But then we carry on Matthew 1.19. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. Love a good man. And did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break off the engagement quietly. So you got to imagine and put yourself in Joseph and Mary's shoes here. Right? They're going through life. You know, he meets Mary, goes, yeah, Mary's pretty cute. I like Mary. Mary sees Joseph and goes, he seems like a good man. This is a guy I could get along with. You know, they sneak off behind some houses once in a while, say hi to each other. Next thing you know, they're engaged and they're going to be getting married. Then all of a sudden, Mary gets pregnant before the marriage happens. And Joseph's going, what? <laughs> what just happened here? We were a thing. We're supposed to be getting married. We have not broken any of these rules, and somehow you are pregnant. His mind starts to spiral. You know, in these kind of situations, and nowadays, the thing to do would be, you know, you shoot the text, you know, we're done. <laughs> Through text, because you can't look at the person face to face, then you block and delete. <laughs> right? Bonus tip. This does not fix anything. <laughs> Makes things worse when we don't talk about it. But that's, that's kind of the situation here. He's like, I'm just going to do this subtly. You know, I'm just going to shoot her a message while I'm like a long ways away from her. Just kind of let her off easy if I can. Try not to make a big ruckus about it. He's trying to do what he feels is right in the moment. But the reality is he has all of a sudden come into this crazy situation that he just does not know quite how to function in. So Joseph's getting all worked up, all stressed out. And the next part actually makes perfect sense to me because this is something that I would probably do if I got this worked up and stressed out. He takes a nap, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you get so worked up, all of a sudden you're like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tapped out. And uh, when that, that's just what I do. If I get tired or if I get overworked, over like my mind's just going, I'm going to bed. I'm done. I'm tapped out. But in Matthew 1.20, it continues, and it says this. As he considered this, so he hasn't acted yet, thank goodness, right? It's like when you type that message and then you delete it. <laughs> As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Not only is Joseph trying to sleep because his mind's all racked and stressed out, but now an angel is telling him while he's sleeping that he still has a responsibility to fulfill. <laughs> Does that sound familiar to anyone? When things are getting crazy, like all hell could be breaking loose around you, and everything's coming unraveled, and all of a sudden God steps in there and like, 
do me a favor. Can you just do this for me while you're in the middle of all of that? That'd be awesome, right? Anyone ever have that happen where you feel like God's asking you to do something in the midst of all of the craziness going on around you? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but Joseph had his wife-to-be. You know, his marriage is planned, finds out she's pregnant, and he knows he's not the dad. He's considering calling the whole thing off, and then all of a sudden, God's like, I need you to do something for me, though. I need you to still marry her, and then I need you to name him Jesus because there's a plan and a destiny for his life. God likes to use the foolish things that don't make sense to confound the ones who think they've got it all figured out. He likes to use the foolish things that don't make sense. I don't know what's going on in this situation. doesn't make sense to any of us. But God uses those to confound the ones who think they figure it all out to prove that God is still God. And God specializes in taking our crazy situations and turning them around. And since we've started this series, all of us have been tracking along on this crazy faith journey, right? We've all been trying to step out in bigger levels of faith. You know, it might be baby faith, might be taking little steps of faith. You know, it could be some hazy faith where you can't quite see through it. You know, hopefully some of us have gotten past the lazy faith and gotten active in our faith. You know, maybe it's the daily faith where it's just like day in and day out. We've just started to have to get some things in line and in place so that we can actually activate the things we're doing. Or for others of us, we might be riding that wavy faith and just like feel like we're going through some storms. But we, when we set out on our crazy faith journey, all of us end up with a crazy word. A crazy word. <clears throat> God will give you a word or direction or vision for your life that likely won't make sense to everyone around you. Now, when we step out in crazy faith, when we're in those situations and we actually turn to God and say, God, what, what is the plan here? What's going on? Or when we're, we're believing to do something new and we turn to God and go, Lord, I need a word for this situation. I need to hear from you on what direction I need to take. God is good and faithful to give us a crazy word. No, he might ask you to go back to school late in life, even if your kid might be in the same class as you, <laughs> right? That would be crazy. He might ask you to get up and move, even though you're perfectly comfortable where you are, right? Guilty. I was comfortable in Prince George, British Columbia. He asked me to move. Sometimes our comfort is our greatest enemy. He might ask you to get more involved in a specific mission, even if you feel maxed out at the moment. But sometimes that mission is going to bring you so much joy and energy if we just be obedient to him. Or he might ask you to get things right with your family when all hope seems lost. Just figure it out. Just stay in there. Speak life. But here's the thing with a crazy word. It doesn't have to make sense because it's going to make a miracle. It doesn't have to make sense because it's going to make a miracle. And just like for Joseph, a crazy word often comes in those times that seem the darkest. When things just don't make sense, when you don't get it, a word will come if we turn to Jesus. In Psalm 119, verse 105 in the NLT version, it says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, right? The word is a light to guide us. As we hold on to the word that he gives us, it will give us 
just enough light to take that next step, and then the next, and then the next, as we keep moving forward towards the word that has been given. We don't even have to light up everything around us just as long as we can see where our next step is. And that sometimes is, you know, if you're ever outside in the dark and you've just got like one of those really old lanterns that don't really shine that bright when before LED came out, um, you're walking and you're trying to like see everything around you because it's dark, but really, as long as you can see where your next step is, that's what's really important. But right after we get a crazy word, it usually leads to us having some crazy worry. <laughs> I heard some chuckles, so that must ring a little true. Okay, God, I get it. You want me to do this, but now what? Right? That's where we end up. I can barely see my toes, let alone how to accomplish the dream you've given me, how to get, move towards that word that you've given me. This happens when we get stuck in the how and forgot the who. When we get stuck focusing on the how, my, what's my next step? I can't figure it out. I need to see everything around me. What's going on here? I can't figure it out on my own. I'm worrying about it because I've forgotten who gave me the word in the first place. We wait for our circumstances to line up with the word from the Lord, but it does, doesn't normally work like that at all, if ever, where we've got, been given a word and we just have to wait for everything to pan out and come into alignment with the word that was given. God is calling you and me to call out those things that are not as though they are. When God gives us a word, we need to speak in faith. We need <laughs> stating faith. We need to call those things out as if they were. The same was true for Joseph. He got the word, but he had no idea how it was going to work out. He had a choice to either trust the word that was given or stay sitting in his worry. And had he sat in his worry, he might have made some choices that would have panned out poorly later. But God gives us an answer to our worry, thank goodness, in the Bible of all things. <laughs> in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9, it says this in the NLT version, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I hope I see lots of you out at prayer this weekend. But tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The only reason we worry is because we don't have what it takes in ourselves to fulfill that crazy word. That's really the only reason we worry. We can't figure it out within our own strength. If we really, really, really trust in the one who gave the word with crazy faith, that worry is just going to melt away because we're praying. We're in communication with the one who gave the word. God has it covered because he cares about both our purpose and our destiny. And when we give it back to him, he gives us peace that passes all understanding. So once we get past that worry, though, it's time to get moving. And many miss this next part, but we have to start a crazy walk. Who likes walking? I used to say this thing where it's like, Walking isn't really exercise, it's just walking. <laughs> but then I started walking longer distances, and when you walk far enough, it is exercise. So I've had to take that back. But I, I used to think that you had to run to actually make it count. But <laughs> maybe that's why I ran everywhere. I still run everywhere. But uh, crazy walk. We get a word from the Lord. You know, we've given it back to him in prayer so that we have peace with us. 
But now for the scary part of taking that first step towards the dream, first step towards the word. And if you're like me, we all want to see the path clearly laid down in front of us so that we know exactly where you're going and how to get there, right? We want to see the whole thing laid out. That's, that's the path. I can see all the way down. It's going all the way out the door and around the corner. I can see it all, right? We've got the map. But God either shows us the path and not the mountaintop, or we can see the mountaintop and not the path. I, reason for that is so that we can exercise our faith right? So he might show us a whole bunch of steps in a row that we need to go, but then we're still, we're walking down that path. We're going, God, I'm trusting you. I don't know where we're going, but I'm trusting you. It's like when someone else grabs that GPS and punches in the destination, hits start on it, and all of a sudden you're listening to Siri's voice telling you where you're going. You have no idea where you're going. Or you can see where you're going. You know where it is, but you only have that one step in front of you. You got to move that first step before you get the directions for that next step. And you don't know what's in between here and the mountaintop, but you have to move. In Psalm 37, 23 and 24, it says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Praise the Lord for that, yeah. We can't be in control of our walk. We need the one who knows best to be leading us by the hand, just like a parent with their toddler, right? Saw a picture of like Joey and Angela with their grandchildren the other day holding hands. It's like, that's, that's the picture, right? He's got us. He's holding us as we're walking, right? We've got his word, the lamp to, our, to guide our feet, our steps. We can see that next step in front of us, but we're still holding on to him. We've got him that we can rely on all the way along. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. But if you can't see it, faith is a requirement to achieve it. For Mary and Joseph, it must have been crazy for them to walk out something no one else could understand. The hardest thing for many of us is to walk in obedience to what God has said, but to not have the approval of the people you love. You know, most of us, and this could be true for this, myself included, most of us would, be, would sooner please our mom, <laughs> I hope, their boss, their friends, or even random person on Facebook who likes all of their posts than to take the time to please God. It's easier to go, well, mom said, or, hey, my family's all saying this, I better just fall in line, or my friends are all saying this, I got to go this way when God's going, but the path's right here. Are you going to walk with me or are you going to walk over here? Sometimes we got to let go of our family, let go of the ones that are pulling us off path to hang on to the one who's really got us. But walking is part of the journey and walking takes time, which leads to a crazy wait. <laughs> The crazy weight is where many people drop out. This is the season where we have to actually put the time in. You know, you might have to take a course. You might have to study a little, which is frightening. You might have to take, do some marriage counseling to fix your marriage. 
You might need to read an actual book. A real book. Could be on a Kindle or something, but a book. You might need to walk slowly because the ground is uneven. You're not sure how that rock's quite sitting when you step down onto it and you got to feel everything out as you move along. But it's all part of walking it out. And we have to have a crazy wait sometimes. In the midst of crazy waiting is where God can develop the things that can't be developed in an instant. You know, when Mary got pregnant with Jesus, it wasn't like microwave popcorn. If you didn't know that, I mean, you can read within one chapter how it happened, but it didn't happen that quickly in real life, okay? It's not like you just put the bag of popcorn in the microwave, heat up for three minutes, and boom, fresh popcorn. No, Mary had to wait nine months for Jesus to be born, right? But when we have to wait, it develops our character. It allows God to work on our hearts, build endurance in us, and time to apply knowledge and gain wisdom. For many of us, if the crazy word came true overnight, it would ruin us. It's kind of like when people win the lottery, right? Someone has all of 5 or $10 in their bank account on most days. All of a sudden, they win the jackpot. They got a million bucks in their bank account. They have no sweet clue how to use it. They have a really good time for a little while, and all of a sudden, they're in worse shape than they were before because they never grew into it. They never took the time to develop the skills needed to manage those kind of resources properly. And the same thing can happen when we get a word from God. If we try and just like microwave popcorn it into existence, we're not actually preparing ourselves to carry it the way that it needs to be carried. Sometimes what can seem like a setback can actually be God at work in our lives. You know, think about it this way. Trevor's going to love this one. Think about pulled pork. It takes time to get that right. If you turn that up too hot, you're just going to make a mess. It's going to be tough. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be dry. But if you take the time to cook a pulled pork just right like Trevor does, mmm, that is good. Some good. You put one, we're, we're in, I'm on the right path here. But in Galatians 6, 9, it says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good, right? <laughs> At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. When you got the slow, the, that pulled pork cooking, don't give up and just turn up the heat to get it done quick. Stick in there, and in due time, you will reap a harvest of blessing. There is a right time coming if we don't give up. And this, this has been, some of these verses I'm pulling out in this message, they've been in a few of our other messages as we've been going through this series, but it's all coming to a head here. And when we, when we go through that crazy wait, when we actually put the time and when we allow God to do that work that takes time, it leads to God making a crazy way. God specializes in parting seas, and having people shout and walls crash down, and sending fireballs down from heaven, that would be awesome. Fire at my house, Halloween night, Lord send fire, <laughs> and turn impossible moments into miracles. That's his specialty. That stuff he does. It's not even a sweat for him, where we can't even imagine it most of the time. He goes, no problem. Right? 
He loves making a way where there just doesn't seem to be a way. And even when man says, nope, can't happen, not happening, not even possible, God says, hold my grape juice. I got this, right? That's what God's doing. If God is for us, who can be against us? In the middle of the pregnancy, a census was called for Mary and Joseph. They had to go to Bethlehem. They really had to do the crazy walk part because there were no buses, no carpooling, no airfare, none of that stuff going on. They had to get up and start moving towards Bethlehem. They had to go through the crazy wait of those nine months as well. But then when they got there, the doors just seemed to keep getting closed. There's no space. There's no room in the inn. There's no space here. There's no space there. There didn't seem to be space anywhere. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. But no one had space for them, and there was no room for the word that was given for them. They were given a word, but they couldn't see where the space was for that word to come to fruition. No, for some of us, there's no space for our, we feel like we're in a spot where there's no space for our word to come to life. No space for your gifts and talents to come through. No one is talking about the thing that's on my heart, that's on your heart. It feels like everyone else is staying up in the Hilton, enjoying their time, enjoying their room with their jacuzzi tubs and all, while you might still feel like you're standing on the street like Mary and Joseph, waiting for a spot to open up. Mary and Joseph were literally obeying God. They were doing what they could to be obedient to his word, and the doors just kept getting closed. But if we stick with it, keep one foot in front of the other, and follow his leading, he will make a way. And Jesus ended up being born in one of the most obscure places you could imagine. If it happened nowadays, like, you'd be in trouble probably because it's so nasty. But he was surrounded with poop in a manger, in a stable where animals are and livestock. And that's where he was born into. And all of us have to endure some mess and some crap at times. But while we are trying to do our best to follow his lead, God can take our mess and turn it into a message. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way we can see our word come to pass, see his word for us come to pass. And it's all for his glory to shine out to our crazy world. Which circles us back around to the title of the message, Saving Faith. What's the point of having crazy faith if we don't share it with the world? We've learned so much over these last 16 weeks about how to walk in faith, how to live out our faith, how to proclaim our faith, how to walk with one another in our faith. But if it stays with just us in our own little circles, then we're missing the big picture of why Jesus came in the first place, was to redeem a hurting world, to save a hurting world. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that's usually where we stop it. But let's take it to that 17th verse. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. 
we're not here to judge people. We're not here to tell people that they're not good enough or that they need to get their crap together or that, that they need to figure out their life before they can walk through those doors. Jesus came to save the world, to redeem his creation, to set things right the way they were supposed to be. So that's why we say over and over again, come as you are. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to talk a certain way. If you speak with profanity and cuss all the way down that hallway, come sit next to me anyway. I'm happy you're here because you're in the right spot. Church, we're the vehicle that Jesus intended to spread the gospel, his good news, our crazy faith to the whole world. We're the vehicle. He said, I want to use my church to reach the world. Every miracle, every praise report, every breakthrough, every healing is an opportunity for God to be glorified for people to see him in us. May we continue to embody crazy faith. Step out of our comfort and into the unknown. Bring hope to the world. The hope of Jesus to everyone around us. This is the whole reason Jesus came. Not to judge, but to save. Why don't we stand? just want to pray for us this morning that the crazy faith would stick, that we'd have some sticky faith going on, and that we would take the good things that God's doing in and through us, that that faith that he's building in us, that we would take that and we would shine like beacons to a hurting world and show them what saving faith looks like. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for your people that are here today. Lord, I ask that you would just shine brightly through us. That the miracles, the breakthroughs, the healings that are happening all around us, Lord, that they wouldn't just be for ourselves to have a smile on our face over, but that we would take those things and just talk about them even. That we would shine a light so brightly into our community that people wouldn't be able to even look away from it because it's so bright. They'd be going, holy smokes, what's going on with all those people down at Family Worship Center? They must be a little crazy because there's so much good happening. Even when things are rough and we don't know what's going on, we walk with a smile on our face because we know the one who holds our hand. So Jesus, give us a boldness. Give us a perseverance. Give us the ability to take that next step, and then that next step, and spend the time we need to in the waiting, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you'd continue to make a way for your gospel to go forth. And Jesus, we thank you for all of the people that have given their hearts to you over these last several weeks. And God, I pray that as we launch things like OnRamp, that it's going to help them get solidified in you, that their foundation would become secure, Jesus, solid, fixed on you. And that they get planted in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're new here today, and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, and you want to, this Jesus we've been talking about who was born in a and laid in a manger, born in a stable, but came to save the world, God's own son, who died and was resurrected at Easter time, what we call Easter, 
to save us from our sins, our shortcomings, our failures, our mess-ups, to give us the hope of eternal life, to give us eternal life. If that's you here today and you want to do that for the first time while every eye is closed and every head's bowed, can you just slip up your hand for me so I know who I'm praying with? And if anyone wants to do that online as well, this counts just as much for you because God is everywhere at all times. So why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you, that you came. I thank you that you came to save us so that we can live forever with you. So come into my life. I declare you Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, at the end of the day, our response can only be one thing after having all this crazy faith stuff going on. That's some crazy worship. So I thought maybe we would end with the song Gratitude this morning, and the team wants to come up, and we'll just, we'll do it, but yeah. So if you, if you need to go, totally get it. It's quarter to 12, but if you want to stay, I encourage you to stay and, and dive into some crazy worship.